to the beach, each, let's go get a wave. They say what they gonna say. Have a drink, clink, found a bud light. Bad bitch like me, it's hard to come by. The Patron, oh, let's go get it down. The sound, oh, yes, I'm in the zone. Is it two, three, leave a good tip? Yeah, great episode. Uh, yeah, no, just welcome. Uh, tell me where to turn. We're up to episode 195 at this pace. Um, by the time Trump finishes his second term, we will have gotten to 200 episodes, which is exciting. Yeah. But you can find me. Uh, I mean, actually, I, I'm Tommy two underscore zero. I've I've lost my Twitter password, and the recovery efforts have been thwarted. You can find your account there. They can't really find you per se. Mm-hmm. They can find your account there. You can always find me at Glenn three underscore eleven on X, as I like to refer to it now. Indeed, and you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. One of my favorite things is that Tommy, like, there's no attempt to like, hey, I'm just going to start a new account. He like every episode, he's like, yeah, you can't find me. I'm over it. I feel like at some point I'm, I'm the the pieces are going to fall into place and I'm going to remember which burner email address and all the things to reset a password are going to take place and we'll be fine. Yeah. Just in the middle of the night, you'll wake up, be like, yeah, that one's it. Ba- <laughs> Bailey to belly at gmail.com. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover tonight. We had an amazing trip, and I think we'll spend the the latter part of this episode detailing that. But wow, um, still still coming down uh, off the high from that, and and we'll definitely need to check in with Dave on a couple of fronts to see if the uh, owner of the Airbnb has reached out about any uh, compensation, <laughs> which we'll cover in great detail. I don't want to boy- bury the lead. Uh, but I did I did have a couple of things for you guys off the top, if you'll indulge me. Um, and the first one has to do with getting older, which we all are. In fact, I, I'm, I'll admit, I, even when we were sitting around in Tampa, I'm looking at all of us. And I'm like, man, a lot more gray hairs starting <laughs> to crop up on everybody here, except for Father, Muscle Matt. Father time doesn't do jobs. No, undefeated. Father time undefeated. But um, my eyesight uh, has started to fail me. And this is a new thing because I've never my claim to fame for years. And I think Dave still has this claim to fame. I had never even been to the eye doctor. Like, forget about having glasses. Like, I'd never even been to the eye doctor like that. That's how bold my claim was. You have glaucoma. Get to the doctor, pal. I, you know what? I've been preemptively treating that, and the treatment's great. I have no problem there. But I, uh, I noticed, you know, not long after the age of forty, that especially my my um, up close vision started to go, and, and I thought, you know, I probably need to go ahead and bite the bullet and and um, find an eye doctor. So you know, I googled most attractive eye doctor, Franklin, Tennessee, and Found found somebody that looked like they fit the bill, and it, it, it turns out, you know, and, and nothing nothing that a somebody that's chronically struggled with vision issues would would bat an eye. But but yes, I I was in need of glasses. Like I was told, you know, my uh, my near vision was the worst. My far vision was was just slightly off. But they said, and and because of the uh, upsell nature, they said, hey, 
the progressive lenses is what we need to go for here. Mm. And the progressive lenses is like the modern version of the bifocal, if you're not familiar. So you've got three different visions that are all kind of very elegantly blended together. You've got the the far away, the mid range and the up close, you know, the lens looks perfectly clear. She was telling me, she said, look, when they first rolled these out, you know, people would get seasick because the, the, all the, you know, changes in the different magnifications, but she's like, they've perfected the technology now. And she said, you have to wear, you have to commit to wearing the glasses nonstop for about two weeks. And it's going to feel really weird because your brain has to adjust, right? So when you're when you're reading something, you need to be committed to looking out the lower part. And when you're watching TV, you're looking out the higher part. And, you know, when you're looking at your computer screen, you're kind of in the middle. And, and she's like, it's going to be weird. But the way that it works is you wear the glasses, your brain figures it out. And then it's then you're you're off to the races after that. It's like it never happened. So have you guys ever experienced this worn glasses, this familiar to you at all? I mean, my, my vision is pretty terrible. I've worn contacts since I was like 14 years old. And actually, at my last, I go to see the eye doctor on, a, on an annual basis. Um, my up-close vision, even with corrective lenses, is, it's, it's, getting, it's getting worse. And it's funny because they give you like the, the little test, like read this, you know, tell me, tell, and it's usually far off, but he could tell... I was kind of struggling up close and he showed me one of them and I was like, yeah, I can see that fine. And then he kind of made it where it was a little smaller and maybe it appeared a little closer to me, just a complete blur. (laughs) And I just had to basically just put up my hand and be like, wave the white flag. Like I can't see it at all. So um, they actually have some version of that, not just for glasses, but for contact lenses now. And he, he said, Hey, if you want to go with this, we can try these. You can stick with the same ones you got. And I was like, I can just stick with what I've got. I can still see my phone. I can still read fine. It's just usually um, like something that's really small, like the uh, directions on the like a uh, medication bottle or something like that. That's pretty small print. And especially if I'm looking at something that's a larger print or font and then go to the small one, like I just have to look at it for about 20 seconds straight before it finally focuses before you decide um, I, I'm just gonna take a handful. Yeah, but I just say, yeah, three won't three won't hurt anything. I'll but, just take a scoop dry and then <laughs> that will definitely not give me diarrhea. So his his other comment was um, this is a battle you're not gonna win over time. So if you don't wanna make the change now, it's just a matter of next year or the year after that you're gonna have to. Like there's nothing you can't go home and flex your vision or something like that and make it better. It only goes downhill from here. See, I'm still perfect. My eyesight is the Roman reigns and unbelievable. Nearsightedness has not finished its story with me yet. <laughs> I got to say, though, when I'm wearing them, especially for the up close, like looking at my phone, it's it's a game changer. And you don't realize how because you, you kind of are accustomed to the way it is. And you put those things on and you're just like, whoa, like this is way crisper like just i also want to point out after tommy told us this story about you have to commit to the glasses he is sitting here not wearing them oh this there's a punchline to this story so i you know different friends at work and and you know so everybody kind of knew i was going through this so i you know i said you know the 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 monday 
um, uh, the first Monday of February is going to be the day. Um, so I got I got some I got some earlier and they didn't really fit right. I had to send it back. It was the whole thing. But I but I had them. They fit. We were good. And I was going to start on February 1st and and just immediately like just just really thrown off by all all the changes. And I'm at work and there, there's an older gentleman that's worn glasses, you know, his whole life and very familiar with the progressive. And he, he had warned me and he said, look, he goes, they tell you about the peeing. And I, I said, no, what do you mean the peeing? And he goes, well, he's like, if when you're looking down to pee, he's like, it will switch between the the um, different magnifications and it'll give you like a, a weird depth perception phenomenon. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to pee all over your feet. And I was like, yeah, yeah, haha, that's really funny. And that day, February 1st, I'm in the bathroom and I'm peeing and I don't even realize it. And I walk out and I peed all <laughs> over my pant leg. <laughs> oh my, your, your pant leg. Yeah. So wow. that was the last day I've worn the glasses. I can't do it. Uh, can't just, it was like, the craziest your, thing I've ever seen. Put them on your head, like your actual head, and then pee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then just the wear way, them the just, rest of the time. Glad you clarified that. And please tell me that when you got these, you were basically of the attitude of only the finest will do. So you spent seventeen hundred dollars on these yeah, glasses. Yeah, they're they're Ray, like Ray Bans. They were yeah. yeah, even with insurance, they were like yeah, it was over five hundred dollars worth of glasses. So, but but they also gave me a pair of readers which just have the the up close magnification. And I have been wearing those for that, but I, I'm I'm off the progressives. I, it lasted all of um, you know four hours, I think. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Do you remember the real old like the uh, clip-on sunglasses like old men would have that flip down? What yeah. if you had a pair of that only for peeing? You would flip <laughs> them down and it write everything, and then you flip them back up. It's not yeah. the worst idea. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a magnifying glass. I mean, might help. How does that joke go? Yeah, it's a two-hand job. <laughs> Goodness. So but what I really wanted to talk to you guys about after that levity was was um, was something pretty serious. So we've talked about aging, and uh, you know I'm about to be 42 years old here, not too much longer. Mm, and missing man formation. The day before the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl Saturday, I came as close in my adult life as I've ever been to to getting into a fight. This is a, a physical fight. altercation, a fist fight. Wow. Yeah, that seems out of place for Tommy. It does. And and I've had a few notable incidents. I mean, very small over the years where I've like become unhinged. There was a poker incident one time where I threw cards at somebody, screamed <laughs> at somebody. But for the most part, I have lived my entire life as a very docile figure, a, de- a defuser. And that doesn't mean I don't get mad. It doesn't mean I don't get hot. But I have always chosen the path of I would prefer not to be in jail over uh, something stupid. Or to get shot. Or get shot. Yeah, right. and especially, you know, there's been situations in the car where, you know, I've really wanted to break check somebody or 
cut somebody off, and then you think, man, they may have the nine millimeter under the seat, and this is not worth it. It's not worth it. And and I've pretty much adhered to that. Well, it's become interesting as a parent because my son started to play, and we talked about you know your son playing ice hockey and you know seeing him stand up for himself. And my son started playing pretty competitive levels of basketball here recently. And the parent situation in the stands is just unbelievable. Um, I mean, screaming at the refs. And we had a game uh, a few weeks ago where the refs stopped the game to tell parents that they were going to, they were going to like cancel the game if they didn't stop. And I've always been of the mind of like, look, these guys are either, volunteering if it's a rec league or if it's a school league getting paid minimal and we're 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 arguing minutia oh that was a carry that you know you got the possession arrow wrong you didn't change you know just it's just stuff like guys this is okay and i've always joked with my wife i said if i end up ever getting in a fight at this game it's not going to be with the ref it's going to be with the parent on our team like that's what's going to happen is i'm going to turn around and tell somebody this is it. And I've actually had to restrain myself several times from doing this because they just get so obnoxious in 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 their their seventh graders. It's we're going to be OK. So this is not the end of the world. Does the plot thicken that this is within the team where this conflict is? This is not an opponent parent. No, the, they, they typically do a good job of keeping the parents separate. OK, so. As the story unfolds, my son's playing in the school league. I feel like that's where the 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 other parents, the parent um, conflict could take place. But he's also in a recreational team that that is essentially literally just for fun. Anybody could be on the team. My son happens to be one of the oldest, tallest, best players on the team. And we've been going to the games, and, and they're fun. And there's no stakes. They play and then we go home and we go to McDonald's. There's there's no stakes. There's no it's not like you're playing for school pride. You're you're playing for like we're the black team. Like literally we just that's it. Everybody has a different color jersey. Uh-huh. Let's go back. There's no team I always name. bet on it. <laughs> there's there's no team name. You're you're Do you have any ideas? <laughs> not really. Oh, okay. I was just thought maybe um, the the color scheme jogged your memory. No, so no. I mean, it's right month to be on that team is what I like to say. So what I've noticed is is my son, you know, especially in this in this environment in the in the school games, he's in the middle of the pack. But in this game, he's the alpha. He is typically the best player on the court for either team. And had talks with him going into the game, saying, "Look, this is for fun. Pass the ball. Don't be a jerk." Like, don't be that kid. Like, there are people on here that, that can barely dribble the ball. Like, don't make this a miserable experience for them. This is supposed to be fun. And he's generally been pretty good. But we were at a game, and he – I don't know what happened. Something – The rec league game. Upset him. Yeah. Not school. This rec is recreational. Game. And something had upset him during the game, and I just noticed um, that he was playing really rough. And – um couple of unnecessarily hard fouls and um and i even i even kind of uh and i obviously didn't run out in the court like you know shooter and hoosiers but <laughs> i walked over to the bench during halftime and kind of put my hand on his shoulder and i said hey i said hey i don't know what's going on out there but i said you need to you need to dial it back 
you're being ridiculous out there. The other parents are getting mad and uh, it's just not good. Well, uh, we, we get to the fourth quarter, um, just started and he, and he fouls out and the last foul is bad. I mean, it is over somebody's back. I mean, just, I mean, basically, you know, delivered the, the spot, the, the Samoan spike to a kid. And, uh, and, and the kid's dad was like looking for me. Um, he was mad, the kid that got fouled. And I'm actually on his side. I'm like, yeah, like, let's me and you team up on my kid and we'll drag him out <laughs> in the parking lot. With the booster. Well, my wife's really worried that it's going to get ugly. And she's like, can we leave now? And uh, I, I said, no. I said, we got to make him sit on the bench and, and see the rest of the game. And she's like, yeah, but those parents are like trying to figure out what's going on. And they're, it's, I, it's not a good situation. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I mean – Obviously, hard foul. You you portrayed that. I mean, it's like the kid that got fouled. Is he like laid out? I mean, is he playing no. like how? No, he got out. This he this was basically we were winning by a lot. My son was playing too aggressive for the score, and they were happy about it. And they they also aren't happy because you know again we signed him up for this league before he made the school team. He probably shouldn't have been on the team. He's probably too good to be on the team, which is why we've told him all season, like, hey, just be a role player. Don't because he could go drop 30 if he wanted to. Like, don't do that. Um, And I think there was just some animosity about the situation. I'm sure they hadn't won a game all year. And and I get all that. And we were in. And again, typically it's been pretty good. And for whatever reason, he came in the gym that day with a chip on his shoulder was too much. and, And that happened. So we uh the horn blows and the dad starts yelling at my kid um, from the stairs. Yeah, like that's, 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 and not that's, like, that's in poor taste. And I'm, I'm kind of in one of the situations where I'm like, we're not going to get in a fight in this gym, but I'm getting my kid out of here. Um, and so, I grab him. Like, what was and he saying? He was just like, he was like, you're a punk, you're a bully, like that kind of stuff. Not like F U U M F or anything like that. It was, Still, it was all just like, I could not imagine. Yeah, like, you think you like, you think you're hot stuff. And, and I could not again, imagine yelling like, at a kid over a sport. It's not necessary. Yeah. But I mean, like, given the circumstances, like, my, my goal is get out of there. So I, I kind of grab him like we kind of skip the, you know, whatever the, the coach's huddle is, because this, this dad's like escalating it. My wife's there. My daughter's there. Nobody's comfortable. Like I get him out. He's still yelling at us as we're walking out of the gym. And I like look up as we're walking out of the gym and Jay Cutler's just standing right there looking at me <laughs> like, what's going on here? <laughs> He's indifferent to the whole thing. Just no emotion whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Just total dumb face. He's wearing like dirty sweatpants and he's just standing there just like kind of like, oh, what's going on? And so is Jay Cutler's kid on your kid's team? No, I think he was playing in the next game, but his kid is the same age as mine because they end up we end up running into him. Not I wouldn't say often, but we've seen him at baseball. We've seen him at basketball like he's around. We're in the same league. So wild. And he's now he's now witnessed this scene. So we get to the car, we drive home and, and I'm explaining to my kid and I'm like, look, man. In games that don't have, I mean, in games that don't have high stakes, you just have to keep your cool. Like, you cannot lose your cool. Like, it's just not worth it. So now it's Saturday of the Super Bowl. We're playing in the charity flag football game for the Father-Son Bowl in Franklin, Tennessee. And it's pouring rain. 
and they should have canceled the game, but they didn't. And the field is mud pit. And we had signed up our team. It was me, two other dads that I'm friends with, and all their kids. Everybody, the oldest kid is 12. The youngest kid is 11. We get paired up against another team, which they are supposed to pair you up. We put ourselves as like, you know, intermediate skill level. They pair us up against a bunch of dads and high school boys that are wearing the T-shirts of their high school football team that have on eye black and they're 15 and 16 years old. And we're about to play them like football. And I've got a bad feeling about this. And there's like 17 counted 17 people on their team total, like counting the sideline. And we had nine. Um, so we get out there and start playing in the very first, uh, possession, we have the ball, we throw it up. And one of these 16 year old kids just, just absolutely like jumps up and just trucks one of the 12 year olds and puts him on the ground, intercepts the ball, takes it back for a touchdown. Mm. This is, this is a ministry. They give you a speech beforehand, how this is supposed to be father setting a good example for your kids. And it's all for fun. And they give you the speech about, hey, don't you be that guy. This is fun. Like when they have they ha- they go out of their way to say, like, you know, they have referees that keep score, but this is going to be fun. So the uh, they they score the next possession. We turn the ball over. They score again. They're up 14, nothing the day uh, we turn the ball over again. Now they're up uh, 20 to nothing. Now they start going for two because they're why not? Now they're up 22, nothing. And um they score again. Now they're up almost 30 nothing. And we have our 10 year old who's a um, the least athletic kid on the team, not just because of his age, but he's a little overweight. He's got like actual glasses on. They throw like a bullet in the balls wet. It's muddy and the ball bounces all around on their two point conversion attempt and it lands right in his hand. So now he's intercepted the two point conversion attempt and he just takes off down the field and he's not athletic. I mean, he's running around. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, go. Like, we're losing 29 to nothing or whatever it is. Well, one of these 16-year-olds just comes from the other end zone, chases him all the way down the field, just pulls his flag before he scores the um, – this kid hasn't touched the ball the whole game. And now I'm kind of like, all right, this is – this like, I'm getting a little hot under the collar because they're, they're, they're celebrating they, – they have us out physically dominated, like, to the max. Well, the next time they have the ball – um, they complete a couple short passes over the middle and, and my son and then another kid go, Hey, like we, we got that guy's flag and nothing happened. Like our hand just slipped off the flag. And I was Ooh, like, okay. Like, so like, just pull, pull the flag a little harder. No, I'm telling you, like we pulled it, nothing happened. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, you can mention it to the ref or whatever. I'm still trying to diffuse it. So, um, we throw another interception and the other dad on the team, who's a, a little bit of a bigger guy than me. Um, he's like, I'm not letting this happen again. So he comes across the field and just throws his body into this guy and just knocks him on the ground. And I'm like, Oh boy. Like, this is, and so this guy pops up and he's mad and I'm, and everybody's like, ah, it's fine. And then he like, he like real quickly, like snaps out of, him. he's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're good. So we go to halftime, we come out of halftime and, uh, we score a touchdown right out of the half. I, my son throws a pass. So now we're losing like 40 something to seven. They get the ball in the next possession. Now truck their guy right before the half. They've not been knocking our kids down left to right. Two of the kids won't go back out because they've gotten hit so many times in the face. They won't go back out because these, these 16 year olds are playing rough. 
and I'm on defense and they throw a short pass over the middle. And one of the dads, thank God it wasn't one of the, the kids catches the ball and I go to grab his flag and it's, it doesn't come. Oh. It's, it's stuck. And I'm just holding the flag. And then I put my other hand on the other flag and I pull and it's still not coming off. So then I grab the belt of his flag and I just pick him up and just throw him on the ground. Like, <laughs> I don't know what came over me, but like, I just dumped. And it was bad. Like, it was not like, oh, this was an innocent thing. Like, I like lifted him off the ground and threw him on the ground. And his, like the 16 year olds in the field, like they start, they just run to me and they're just like, that's bull ass. Like you've been playing rough the whole game. And I'm like, I'm like, what me? Well, then the dad pops up and I'm like, this is happening. Like we're, we're about to go. And the refs like step in and they're like, no, 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 no. And I, and then I'm like, you know, I have that moment where I'm like raging and I'm like, okay, wait a minute, this can't happen. So I take a step back. Well, we'll have to delete this part of the podcast later. Well then Mrs. Tommy, who's been watching this whole thing, she's had enough. And she's out and she is stone cold Steve Austin out there. <laughs> just <laughs> oh yes. at a church telling me she's like, You've been knocking down ten year olds this whole game. And it is so it, it's on at this point, right? So wow. ref basically tells me he's like, You're not coming back in the game. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll go to the sideline. So and then I'm having to tell Mrs. Tommy, I'm like, hey. Let's let's take a breath. Let's back away. Well, the the um, younger guys are, are ready to go. And she's like, they're going to be waiting for you in the parking lot. Like, this is happening. She's like, we've got to go. And I was like, I was like, I'm not leaving. Like, if this happens, it's happening. <laughs> and uh, and we stay we stay till the end. And the. Uh, the um, and I really want to get your read on, on this. So. The guy that I threw down, like, so I'm, I'm, I've got eyes on him because I'm like, if he tries something, like, this is happening. So I'm watching him on the other sideline because he hasn't come back in the game either. The game's over. The refs call everybody to the middle of the field. They say the little spiel, and then they're like, does anybody want to say the closing prayer? Ooh. And that guy's like, I will. And he proceeds to do the most trolling prayer I've ever heard, and it was... God, thank you that we could all come out here together. Thank you that you're going to help some of us realize that this is just supposed to be fun and that we don't have to take things so seriously and just proceeds to like go down that. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I just stood there and took it. And then as soon as it was over, I was like, we're going to the car. Wow. And, uh, and we got out of there. But, uh, oh Man, boy. I didn't... mean, I, I may I mean, have that guy, busted that out. guy that I threw on the ground stepped up to me. It was on like, I mean, I was ready to go and he didn't like he opted out. Now his teenage sons were ready to, to do the business for him. But, and I think their hot headedness probably prevented him from stepping up. Yeah. Because then he's like, okay, wait a minute. I've got to like calm them down, but it could have happened. So I think I would have exactly. busted out laughing <clears throat> during the prayer like I did at Aurora Baptist Church <laughs> before the power team. But then my question is, do we ever solve the mystery of the flags? Do they have them like tied? Yeah, they, so it turns out they, they basically all had their flags tied on. What are we doing? It's such a, garbage. Yeah. And the referee, did, the referee did. So after the incident, like he did go and make them all untie their flags, but they played the first half of their flag side. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I mean, there are already, I mean, 
it's ridiculous to run up the score. It's ridiculous to go for two. It's ridiculous to tackle the 10-year-old who's just trying to score uh, a two-point conversion on a game we're down 30. That also doesn't matter. But then it's also ridiculous that I threw a guy on the ground. So <laughs> but, I can't say I can't say that I'm totally innocent in the matter either. They didn't have their flags tied. The flag would have just come off. That would have been my thing. Is what do you? No, what do you and it wouldn't diffuse the situation. But there was like this moment where I went from be just being generally frustrated. Like in in, in the weather does doesn't help because, yeah. I mean, every time you tried to make a cut, you were falling on the ground. We're covered in mud. It's pouring rain. The ball's wet. I mean, everything about it's wrong. And the, but there was just like this moment that came over me that like when I went to pull this guy's flag and I and I just decided I was like. I'm going to get this guy's flag off no matter what. <laughs> and I just kept pulling and pulling and pulling. They're blowing the whistle like, you know, hey, his progress is stopped. And I'm like, no, I'm getting this flag off. Like, and that's that's when, like, I was in full tunnel vision mode. It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. Wow. That is Man. that's pretty extreme. Jay Cutler was not there mm-hmm. for this one, though. That was no, just... Jay Cutler was not there. But but what was really hard for me is I lost a lot of credibility with the kid that I've been telling for the last month. Oh. I'm like, hey, man, it's a wreck game. Be cool. You know, just go out there and have fun. Pass so the ball around. And then I and then and then then his memory of me is, is me just, just throwing some guy down in the mud, just being like, Come on, you can tie on your flag, MF, let's go. So they don't yeah, the kids don't forget because whenever I give that lecture, I always get the response of, Oh yeah, you need me to be calm like at your basketball game that one time when you hit the guy right in the face. <laughs> like two minutes into the game when they were, they were when he was five. What's going old. on there? And I know uh, this, Dave's not innocent because I've seen him try to fight a catcher at a softball game for sure. Hey, so I was there. <laughs> Had I to was, be done. I was, uh, he was, he was playing catcher. The one that I remember. Oh, is that it? Okay. I remember the fight occurred at home play or was going to occur. At yeah. Home play. No. Cause it was, um, what was that dude's name? Well, we probably shouldn't say it anyways, but matter. Dude that used to pitch for well, us. I he was like a real soft, soft spoken, nice dude. And he was pitching, and Carl? it was that team that was, huh? Is it Carl? No. Hot Carl. <laughs> it wasn't Harry, obviously. <laughs> it wasn't Harry. <laughs> no, it was that, that team that were all clowns anyway. Oh, we know the name of the team. And, yeah. And yeah. And like it was the last inning, and they're like, middle's open, and the guy just line drived it right back at him, and it's like, dude. And I jumped up and had a few things to say okay, to him. And... This is a different one that I remember. So there's <laughs> more more than one occurrence. There was more than one. Because so... yeah. there was one. Yeah. So that yeah. Where we had the rivalry against the the it was the Main Street Tavern team, yeah. <laughs> and Dave was playing catcher because I was pitching that game. And the guy, I think the guy had come up to bat, and he was a bigger guy. And he come up to bat, and I think he just had like a pop out or something, and got out. And I think Dave just kind of said something to him as he was walking back to the dugout. <laughs> and then the guy turned around like he was going to do something. And I think Dave had turned, so like he turned around like he was, he was like blindsided him or something. I just remember I had already dropped the glove and was on my way. <laughs> The home plate when he turned back around and went back to the dugout. See? Glenn's always there. He's a tag team partner. Yeah. He's always there. Yeah. You know, I've had several, I guess, near misses. I don't know how the best way to phrase it when it comes to fights, whether 
uh, mainly just in basketball. But I mean, there's been, I, I don't know if I can count the number of times been pretty much like face to face with somebody only one time where any punches thrown that I've been involved, but very close, a high number of times, rec league wise. Um, and uh, I don't know, not in school, just rec leagues and pickup games and stuff. My favorite one was the one where punches were thrown. <laughs> and so uh, that gets broken up by the other, you know, three or four people that were playing. And this was, I was still in college. So I was probably like 20. And there was a guy who was older that was playing with us, but he was probably like five, six years older than us. And he was just standing at the top of the key, just calmly as this fight's going on and it it gets broken up. And then he's just dribbling the ball and then we get broken up and he's just like, are you two British cigarettes done fighting? So we continue (laughs) the game. (laughs) We just kind of looked at him and looked at each other like, yeah, I think we're done. We (laughs) We can finish this game to 11 before we, Go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, man. So, real quick, a story that will take two minutes while we're talking about this and also crossover with R.I.P. Swole Society. I don't know if I texted this to you, but uh, Jim, L.A. Fitness Jim here in Austin, that a good buddy of mine at work goes to last Friday – he was there Friday morning working out about two hours afterwards because he's like right by his house. His, uh, his wife lets him know like, man, there's a lot of police activity like behind our house over at the LA fitness. Oh, like, all right. So we start looking at like, you know, it's get more details as the, as the story comes out. So dude in there on the old leg press machine, another guy comes up. Apparently he's been on there a while. Guys like, Hey man, how many the classic how many more sets you got they get into it a little verbal back and forth like man i'm gonna be here as long as i want come later the uh the guy it was the guy they were both in the locker room and the guy that was on the leg press that was hogging the leg press machine he starts going at it with the other dude the dude that wanted to go off then pulls out a knife and st- stabs him in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Checks like, out for Austin. Where like, specifically? <laughs> and it was like a legit, like four to six inch knife. It wasn't like a Swiss Army knife. So the guy then, like other people, try to break it up. <laughs> the guy runs out of the gym, runs behind it, and is like trying to get rid of the knife. The cops find him and he's, he's naked yeah, in the no, dumpster. The, the cops handcuff him. And as they're like walking him out, he says, I just got out of prison for this. So he like, <sighs> just got out of prison for stabbing someone. Well, sometimes you got, hey, listen, I, I understand. Sometimes you got to <laughs> keep it real. Like, I'm, I'm on his yeah. side, actually. I don't know. You don't know what you would do. Uh, I, I know of a guy when I was in college, uh, there was an altercation and a guy had a knife in his bag and pulled it out. He didn't try to stab the guy he was arguing with. He just pulled the knife out as a threat. And the other guy turned and grabbed like a five pound plate and just hit him upside the head with it. And that was the end. That was the end of that. Dude, 
I don't have a knife in my gym bag. Is, am I missing out? Does everyone have I, knives? I, you might be. You may be. That's why you don't mess with anybody because you don't know. You don't know what they're packing. I I don't have that stuff. I've been here and where I go to the gym is like the, it's the safest places in the entire world. <laughs> I don't have anything on me. It's not needed. Well, should we transition to from real fighting to play fighting? Yeah, we should talk about our trip. And for those that that fear, we're we're not going to break down any uh, wrestling no, event per se. This is just about travel. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. But we we found ourselves in in Tampa Bay, and boy, we we got more than we bargained for right off the bat. So um, we learned a lot about Tampa Bay and festivals and everything else. But I, I think you guys should start because I um because I'm flying in from a smaller city, my, my flight options were not as plentiful as from the great uh, Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. So you guys were there a few hours in front of me and, uh, and you had a brush with greatness right off the bat, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was thinking way ahead on this one. And the first thing that I circled was uh, we had about three hours to kill before Tommy arrived and we got to eat. Got to hang out somewhere. <laughs> what better place to hang out than Hogan's Hangout? Indeed. For which I got a reservation. And when <laughs> we first got there, it was like uh, almost like a joke that we have a reservation. But within minutes of our arrival, it was a good idea Absolutely. that we had a reservation. Um, pretty cool place. Um, <laughs> outside of the uh, high-priced cocktails i don't know if dave remembers the one that was the the recommended one the you remember what it was called hulkberry smash yeah <laughs> that, that we found out they didn't have the prices of the drinks because i had two of them and i think they were they're were around 18 dollars a piece <laughs> we uh yeah we uh the cocktails the uh, some of the food was okay it was all right you go there to say you went to hogan's hangout we eventually won our waitress over, but she was not a good waitress. She was real big on telling you, that's downstairs. You can't order that. <laughs> we don't have that here. Yeah, the, one of the first questions after she came by the table, and uh, I forgot what Dave ordered, and got that response. If we can't do that upstairs because it's not on tap here. It's not available here. She walks away, and he's like... So when did Hogan's Hangout get taken over by the Cambria Hotel? <laughs> We're all out of fruit, brother. <laughs> it was good, though. We And uh, while we're sitting up there, we got to see Eric Bischoff. He was doing some kind of appearance. Conrad then, Thompson. Yeah, Conrad yeah. Thompson. And then Glenn can tell us about the, uh, the main event. I was uh, just not expecting it all because you go upstairs – take an elevator up to the second level. And we'd been there for a good hour and a half, two hours at this point. And then uh, all of a sudden there's like three people crowded around the elevator with cameras in tow and elevator doors are about to open. I have no idea who's walking out of here. We were just like, well, we've seen a couple of kind of important people. They didn't have security or anything. It's the Hulkster himself. Hulkamania <laughs> is on the second level of Hogan's Hangout. 
Running wild. From where we're sitting. Yeah. Comes out in this John 316 shirt and says, everybody, I've got all the Hulkamaniacs. Thanks for coming out. He said he had one more in him. Yeah. Maybe he'd be in the Rumble. Oh, boy. Yeah, he said it was a possibility, which it was obviously not. <laughs> it was great. But though. you can it imagine. Really cool. I, as I'm in the air while this is going on, when I land and start getting the deluge of pictures and text, and I'm just punching the dash, like, how did I miss this opportunity to, to see John 316 Hogan uh, in his natural environment? But, um, but yeah, I. I uh, I was uh, you know, only myself to blame, unfortunately, for not getting there earlier. We also had a, a good moment before that, Glenn, because we uh, we were walking around. We went down because right near the Hogan's hangout is the Hogan Beach Shop. I, don't, I think that's the name of it. <clears throat> anyway, it's got all his memorabilia. There's a big statue of it, which I think I tweeted a picture of because <laughs> it was very. <laughs> it had the thermos. It's <laughs> very phallic. Like very prominent on this statue and you're like huh they just went all the way but then our favorite traveling companion the fake paul bearer is like hey let's go down and check out this pier yeah. <laughs> it's just it the weirdest thing just like a 10 to 15 minute walk around tampa or clearwater well, wherever we were at at the time just kind of walk out on this on this pier. There's like nothing there. <laughs> the four of us. And I want to get the, uh, the, the impromptu. I want to get to him in a minute. That we almost because did something each he, other in the ocean. Something he said later in the trip ended up being much bigger deal than I thought at the time. So I will give him partial credit because he is the uh, the fountain of useless knowledge typically. But um. I, you know, I made my way into town. We met at the house, and wow, what a great place. I mean, kudos to Dave for making that happen on the Airbnb. But this place had everything. It had a heated pool. It had an outdoor bar. It had a uh, foosball table that was completely level. <laughs> if you put the ball on there, it didn't just roll all the way to one end. It, it had giant TVs everywhere. I mean, just TVs aplenty. Yeah, the, it was a good uh, spot for us. The Florida, like, fully encased greenhouse they have over all their outdoor pools because of the bugs, they're onto something, man. It was super nice just hanging out there at night, eating our pizza, having our drinks, watching wrestling, and just, it feels like you're outside, but there's none of the none of the nonsense. Yeah, none of the bugs or anything like that. Yeah, that was... Oh, it was a good place. Uh, after we got in there, we went and <laughs> ran wild at the grocery store. For well, a I was going to say, speaking of nonsense, <laughs> you guys should not be allowed to go in the grocery store unsupervised, even <laughs> even at an advanced age. This poor woman that was working at the Publix, <laughs> or as uh, Muscle Matt called it, the Publix. <laughs> She didn't know how to. She didn't know what to do with either one of you two. There was <laughs> there was more than one because there was one that was in the cereal aisle that me and Muscle Matt were asking multiple questions about all the brands of cereal and where, <laughs> and where they came from, and like the manufacturing of each one, what's the real difference, and and such. 
which is why we ended up with the Publix brand Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> yeah, because she said it's the same as the other one, even though it's like $4 cheaper. Comes out of the same machine. Yeah, our our um, order that ended up going across the belt was comical. It was, you know, 48 toaster strudels, six, you know, 24-ounce C4 energy drinks, just the most asinine combination of, of food. And then uh, and then we went to the liquor store just to, to further exacerbate the problem. I made a, a mistake there that I didn't realize, but I thought what I was grabbing was just a case of beer. And then when we returned to the house, we f- I found out that I had bought, you know, seven ounce beers, which I didn't even know was a thing. The smallest option that exists on earth. Cause he's very adamant. Yeah. Like you guys, you get what you want at the liquor store. I'm just doing beer this weekend. I just need, I just need this, this 12 yeah. here and I'll be just fine. And even though they were the miniature ones, I think only like three of them got consumed anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, the the thing that I regret the most about the trip is we didn't have another day just to hang out at that great house. Because yeah. Friday night was awesome. We were trying to get the pool to heat up and it got close by the end of the night. I think we needed a day for it to catch up. And we, we were able to watch, you know, wrestling outside. We ordered pizza. We had our drinks. We went we went into the game room. We watched SmackDown. It's this, this great uh you know great hangout time well then the next day is the day of the event they you know i wish it was on sunday i wish we would have had all day saturday to just Mm -hmm. to just do what we wanted but the event was on saturday well going back to the fake paul bearer who again fountain of useless knowledge is like hey do you guys want to go to the gasparilla parade and we're like dude what what are you talking about and just totally dismissed him well as the day progressed, and I'll let you guys talk about the gym in a minute, because I know you have to go try to set the bench press record for Tampa Bay. Well, <laughs> we do find ourselves downtown later in the day, and I'll be darned, there are people dressed as pirates everywhere. I mean, yeah. the town was overrun with them, which was this Gasparilla Festival and Parade uh, that we ended up doing some research on, which is a huge draw that brings people from all over the United States to. So the fake Paul Bearer did know what he was talking about. That would have been a huge beating if we if we went to that. Oh, that would have been awful. Terrible. Yeah. But he was right. For but something that guys, none of us uh, had ever heard of, it was a very big deal. When you guys went to the gym, is there anything that's, that happened there that we need to take note of? I think uh, the you best know, other part was... The, the load-bearing wall? As... as uh, as we found in in many situations in these travels, you always you can always angle for extras. Like when we got front row seats by acting like Glenn's foot was gonna hamper him, that we needed special accommodations for our handicapped friend. <laughs> we get to the old uh, we get to the gym, and it was close, and it was a good gym. Like it had everything we needed, but it was it's a it's a chain. It's not like the St. Louis fitness factory where, you know, you're going to encounter some wildness just because it's just a one-off gym that no one cares about. This was more buttoned up. You walk in there, everyone's got their little collared shirts on with crunch fitness. So we walk up and we're like, Hey, we need a day pass. And they're like $15 each for, and we're like, 
we're going to be here for like hour, hour and a half. So then yeah. start toying around with the guy and point over at Muscle Matt. And we're like, does he have to pay full price? Because he doesn't lift that much. <laughs> He's only going to lift like half the weight we do. And the yeah, and then they you you develop some rapport. And next thing you know, we're all in there for like 12 bucks out the door for all three of us. Yeah. We got we got the discount. You guys are amazing. And then on the way out, the other person at the desk was uh, I don't remember if she asked if we like not to forget our IDs because yeah. if you're a guest, you have to leave your license at the front. And she's like asking if we make sure we don't leave without them. And we all I was like completely like I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> lady. Like I don't even have mine on me. I only brought like. I think I brought a, a, a $10 bill with me because when we got there, they said 15. I kind of looked to my right like, <laughs> I'm going to need you to spot me the other five because I literally don't have it. Oh, yeah. man. So this guy just went into business for himself and just said, these guys are getting in, the three of them, for the cost of one. Yeah. Because they've got they've got good shtick. And then we almost got found out, as Glenn said, when the other person was like, hey, you need to do this. And we were just like, I already that, did it. Walked out. Yeah, we'll see you later. It wasn't as good as uh, San Antonio, where we just we didn't have any membership at all. <laughs> we just walked in. You just act like you know what you're doing. And we just walked in. Uh, but still. And we caught yeah. Muscle Matt on the way out. We just left him. Yeah. yeah. If somebody's going to get arrested, it would be him. We had the car. We could get back. Get back without so, it. So one one important note as the day progressed. So you know, as was was just mentioned, we you know we feasted on pizza the night before. Um, some breakfast pizza was in order the next morning because we had a lot left over, uh, and then even a little lunch pizza on the way out the door. Uh, so so we've we've consumed a lot of pizza at this point, and we decided that the best thing for us to do was to visit the Seminole Hard Rock um, noted casino in downtown Tampa, and you know. After consulting the map, we said, hey, like once we go, we're gone. Like our Airbnb was was far away from the casino and it was not on the way to from the casino to the arena. So we said, look, we're going to go to the casino and then we're going to go grab dinner down in St. Petersburg by the stadium. And then we're going to go to the Royal Rumble. So we go to the Seminole Hard Rock and wow, that place was packed. I mean, you were hard pressed to find a seat at a table or a machine. And it was huge. And and um Grab some lunch there. We were, you know, originally planning to maybe try to play some poker. The the waiting list was two or three hours deep. But what do you know? Five dollar blackjack is available. And Very surprising. With the five dollar blackjack, they also have the the rudest dealers <laughs> you could possibly imagine. That was terrible. Yes, just ruin the experience, but not ruin the experience. We ruined her experience because <laughs> we weren't going to let her attitude dampen our fun. That's true. And we I just wish, had a blast because. No, I was going to say, I just wish I had known about the $5 blackjack table before I had gone. Cause I, y'all were playing craps and then fake Paul Barra was, was playing. And I don't really know the rules. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to hang out. Um, Cause all the other tables, I walked the three card poker, the blackjack that was all in that area was all. I don't the 25 felt like it was yeah, 25 minimum yeah. everywhere. Well, we found out later that the casino really had two distinct parts. The part we were in originally was all 25 and $50 right. games. And then at the complete, I mean, uh, 
you know, three quarters of a mile away, $5 games. We just didn't know it at the time. And I didn't know that was there. So I had some money on me. I had a $100 bill that I'd had left over from the Dominican that was just burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> so I just went over to like the $5 a pull slot machine and it just went full YOLO. Like <laughs> I'm losing all of it or I'm walking over with just a stack of cash. <laughs> and in about four and a half minutes, I had nothing left. But but I was it was fine. That was we were rolling the dice. I like and it. I figured yeah. that's it. And, and then, of course, I get we get a text like, hey, we're over here playing blackjack. And then I walk over and see this five dollar table. And then my head just kind of hangs like I don't have any money. Of course, Tommy just steps up. He's like, hey, I got you. You just Venmo me. It's whatever. Whatever you want to go yeah. in. For. The other thing. Money's good here. That besides the I mean, we had a good time besides the dealer. So playing blackjack, Glenn's next to me. Oh, here comes the old cocktail waitress. Let's order a nice cocktail and a beer. And uh, she you know, takes down our orders and it's just kind of standing there. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. (laughs) Usually you tip when they come back with your drink. And she looks at Glenn and she's like, that'll that'll be thirteen dollars. Because I ordered like a uh, like a double Red Bull and vodka, like with confidence, you know. And then, and then I ordered just a beer. And she's like, that's six dollars. I'm yeah. like, what's happening here? She says thirteen, and I was just like, I don't have any money. Can can, I, can you get it to him? And then you he'll Venmo you or something. <laughs> So I, I was like, well, you just unbelievable. Do you, do you have a Publix brand cocktail? For yeah. Cheaper. <laughs> Comes from the same. Oh. Place. But yeah, we we had we had a lot of fun, and, and at five dollars a hand, we're we're doubling down on hands we shouldn't double down. The port, the dealer didn't know how to handle us, but we were tipping decently well. We kept her on our side long enough. We uh we we get to the end of the day and we're like we're all starving but we're like we gotta get to the venue or get close to the venue and then we'll figure it out and it's like it's downtown St. Petersburg this is gonna be fine like we're gonna figure this out well we get we down plenty there plenty of time like we've got two two and a half hours before it starts yeah plenty of time but we get down there and we really quickly realize that there's gonna be a problem which is you apparently had to prepay for parking and we didn't know this or I think we. We didn't know that was the only option because, I mean, you know, we were with Point Break Dave, who was ready to to pay at the Circuit of the Americas any amount of money to just park his car on the track itself. Like, (laughs) we're not worried about getting priced out of parking. Like, they have a lot that's $200. We're going to pay it. Like, we're good. We, But they do not have a cash lot, so we circle one. So we come back, and finally I stop, and I go to the guy. I'm like, hey – where can I park for cash? And he's like, oh, you have to go all the way downtown to park. Uh, not, and, and so that's, you know, I would say what, mile away-ish probably uh, from the arena? Yeah, yeah at least. Um, and, and then I'm kind of doing the like, hey, can I, you know, buy parking from you, you know? And they're like, no, digital only, go. So now we're in trouble because the traffic's starting to get pretty dense. And we're we're all looking and we get downtown and there is nowhere to park. And we finally find this garage. And I and I told the guys, because we we got in and we're at the top, and I said, we're never getting out of here. Like tease for later. <laughs> yeah. We are screwed. Tease ahead for later. Well, now we've got to walk, and now we're now we're not 
worried about time, but at least time is now starting to factor into our decision making process. Because originally it was, hey, we're going to go sit on a patio. We're going to have some beers. We've got tons of time. And now it's like we've got enough time to eat, but we can long walk and we still got to get in the venue. So we pass a couple of like decent looking Italian places. And the one consensus among the group is like, we don't want any more Italian food. We've had pizza, some of us for three meals, most of us for two meals. We're not eating any more Italian food. So we walk and we walk and there's nothing that's that's good. It's either it's either small and high end where our wrestling gear is not going to go in or it's closed or it's not a restaurant and it looks like it should be. And then you get up there and it's like a store that sells coffee or right. trinkets. So we the the fake Paul Bear at one point is like, hey, let's go to the next street over because we're trying to keep walking the same way because we know in our minds we're like, we drove a long way this way. We've got a long way to drive back. Well, finally, we see this place and it's a dark green awning. And what was it called? Like, I mean, I don't know. O'Reilly's like, or Hogan's like, or some had a big shamrock in yeah, the yes. logo. Like we yeah. felt like we were fine because yeah. we're like no, yeah. nothing Italian. We're the most anti. Yeah, this was an Irish Italian. Pub. Like, it, its name was like Seamus O'Malley's <laughs> Irish Pub. Okay. Yeah. So we walk in. There's there's five of yeah. us, right? Yeah. It, it was yes. pretty crowded, but even though there's five of us, we didn't wait a minute. No, she took us right to a table. Yeah. So we get to a table. We sit in. We're in like the the horseshoe type booth. We all fit. Look at the menu. There's nothing in front of us but uh, options for pizza. So we're like, well, that's weird. Maybe that's just the pizza menu. The waitress yeah. walks to the table. The first thing she says is, all we serve is pizza. We're an exclusively <laughs> pizza restaurant. <laughs> How does that even exist? It was the weirdest. But we are not, given the backstory, I, I mean, perfect. We're not exaggerating this. We are not exaggerating this. this. Like, this place was literally an Irish pub. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about what this was. Like we're we like looking around, like is this is this all been like a Truman Show practical joke just on us? <laughs> like what is happening here? The pizza was pretty good. Wasn't bad. Yeah, but it was good. And hey, you know what? We ate pizza again. We survived. We had a few beers, and now it's time to get to the venue. And we walk, we walk, we walk, and we finally get up to the Trop. And the Trop's not known to be a nice venue, and it wasn't. But yeah. There's also the odd, the odd uh, religious zealots like holding a rally in front of the arena, like with a megaphone, just creating a real awkward dynamic for all of us walking. And as a faith-based podcast, yeah, we we decided not to debate them there in the streets of Tampa, St. Petersburg. We decided to get to Section 128 or wherever we were seated. Yeah. We start, we start to notice there's several entrances. The lines are long. We kind of walk down into like more of a depression area where it doesn't seem like the lines is long. We get in decently fast. Uh, we get to our seats, but, but much to point break Dave's chagrin. Cause normally we are the first people in our seats. <laughs> we probably sit down and, and it's, it's within 20 minutes of like, we're going live on the cock here. I mean, we're it's, there's not a lot of time. Well, I've now eaten pizza three times. I've had several beers. I'm thirsty. I could use a water, uh, maybe a beer. Um, and I'm like, you know what, guys? We got 20 minutes. 
I'm gonna, I'm going. What do you need? And that's when I realized that much like uh, Minute Maid Park in Houston, Tropicana Field was just finding out that the Royal Rumble was being hosted there because <laughs> the concessions in the bathroom situation was not prepared for what it was about to experience that night. Were you were you prepared when really? All you really got response-wise was everybody wanted a water that you'd be out about seventy bucks by the time you <laughs> yes, got that. Yes, it it was it was the most unbelievable thing. And again, and I understand that this is a, this is not uncommon. A lot of venues do this, but I'm now getting. I think I got a Coors Light, like four waters, a Diet Coke. They will not let you leave with anything with the lid on it. That's their policy. So I'm by myself and I'm having to carry all these drinks that they've just opened with no lids through this, you know, crush of humanity as they're playing the then now forever together as I'm trying, you know, to get back to the seat. Because I, you know, as far as I know, the rock's about to draw number one in this Royal Rumble. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I got back just in time and I told the guys, I said, I don't care if I have to like pee down the leg of my shorts like i'm not leaving my seat again because you're getting it's, good it, at that like it, it's a exercise of utility well it turns out i actually am yeah <laughs> but no sympathy once you got back because it was very much this is what you wanted you did this to yourself type you did this of, to uh, yourself but I, I will say the the great job on the tickets as always dave um good good uh good vantage point we're able to see the ramp this time, which was great, and uh, and it was a really enjoyable evening. We once again had the odd woman wrestling fan that's there by herself, but also knows more about wrestling than the five of us combined. <laughs> yeah, boy. Well, Very uh... pleasant, uh, but it's just these strange phenomenons we run into at these events. Mus- Muscle Matt may get needed an award because boy he he took the RKO because he was on the well he was on the end of our group next to the woman and a few times when he got up and there was no buffer and I was getting talked to I was like well I can't wait till Muscle Matt comes back <laughs> but yeah, yeah it was yeah we're, I, it was a it was a good event. We're definitely not going to go match by match. No, I think no, we no, all no. kind we of agree. Women's Rumble was great. The men's Rumble, the the finish was clearly interesting, which has generated a lot of buzz after the fact. But it was enjoyable. I wouldn't, you know, I nothing will take place of the McIntyre win in Houston and and the uh, you know the Edge shocking appearance. But it was a great it was a great night. No, it's we it's, now have to get back. I was going to become probably my favorite event to attend during the course of each year. I agree. You can't, you can't like fabricate the excitement every time the counter counts down of you do not know what's going to happen. It's like, I will go every year that I'm, I am physically able to go uh, as long as we can, because it is amazing. It's super fun. And despite like, I've heard some stuff on, on, on X about, saying the crowd wasn't good in person. The crowd seemed great. Yeah. They were pretty hot. Yeah, no, they were, they were hot. They were into it. They did the right things. It was, it was a blast. And it, it was, it was the biggest fun. crowd they've ever had at Tropicana field. And we were part of it. Yeah. I, I, nothing, nothing bad to say about it. So we, we so need now to, we've to, to get the main event. Get, uh, yeah. Which is post rumble <laughs> is the main event of this entire trip. So 
we've got to get out of there. We've got to walk the mile back. And we're 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 flying high. We had a great time. The we get back there and it's at that point that we start to realize like this garage is not moving because they just had a random dude collecting payment at the exit because they just let everybody in and you paid your $20 or whatever it was in the way out. And we had noticed already that because so many people had descended on this area, all of our phones were, were acting up and I'm sure his credit card reader wasn't firing it at typical speed. And these cars aren't moving to the point where I said, or I don't know whose suggestion it was, but there was a bar across the street from the parking garage. And we said, you know what? Let's stop here for a drink and we'll just watch the garage. And when the cars start moving, we'll, we'll go because it's not happening. Yeah, we, we, we anchored our focus on like one particular truck. <laughs> and I think we were sitting, we're seated outside like it uh, near the, near the street there. And that, truck did not move for a good 30 or 40 minutes and we were projecting like how long it was going to take for us just to be able to get in the car and get out of the garage and we were thinking we're not going to spend the whole night here but the majority (laughs) of it because at this point it's already it was after midnight by the time the event was over uh florida time so by this point it's definitely after one the cars aren't even moving and we, we have a 30, 40 minute drive back to the house just by itself. So <laughs> there's all kinds of chaos happening down there. So, so apparently Uber had stopped driving downtown because this one particular guy kept coming out of the bar and just like, what's going on out here? Ooh, my Uber won't come pick me up. And we found out later that they were sending all the people like, blocks away to you know a disc or a derelict tire shop to get picked up by the ubers because they didn't want to come downtown because the traffic was so bad so the whole infrastructure of that area for a crowd that size was just not good so we yeah we end up we end up drinking staying we the the thing finally starts to move even once we got to the car i mean we we weren't out of there instantly it's it's closer to three o'clock in the morning by the time we get back to the um airbnb and of course, what are we gonna do? Well, hey, like, there's some pizza left in the fridge. <laughs> Maybe grab a slice. I don't know. Five people reheated. We reheated all the leftover pizza, and we cooked all the toaster strudels. Because what <laughs> yeah. else? That and bourbon. What else do you consume <laughs> at 3:30 a.m.? Yeah, so we basically polished off the almost the rest of the bottle of Angel's Envy that Dave was kind enough to buy. And by now, I mean, we've had a we've had a heck of a day. I mean, we've gambled, we've walked, we've drank, we've drank more, we've eaten a lot of we've eaten a lot of pizza and it's time to go to bed. I mean, it's it's well after three o'clock in the morning. I'm on the, the lower level. It's one of those those kind of split level houses. You, you can go in on the main level. There's there's kind of a basement where there's some rooms. There's an upstairs well, and Glenn, it's like a five uh, or six bedroom house. So everyone's got their own yeah, space. Everybody's their own got room. their own room. So I, you know, I really quickly, I brush my teeth, I get in bed. And like, as soon as I hit the pillow, like close my eyes, I'm out. And within, I mean, within minutes of me being in the bed, I, I mean, I hear the most <laughs> bone shattering sound. I mean, it, 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 it sounds like the entire top floor of the house is. <laughs> I'm disconnected from the house. So 
I mean, it is just, just bang, 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 bang. And I have, at that moment, I have a decision to make, which is like, am I going to die or am I just going to roll over and go to sleep and just assume it's fine? And I chose the latter. So let me tell the story from my perspective. <laughs> so it's around 3.30, 3.45. I think everyone, we've consumed the toaster strudels. We've eaten all the pizza. Uh, I think uh, y'all went to bed. Muscle Matt went to whatever nightly hygiene uh, regimen he's got. He's gone to do that. Me and Paul Bear sit at the table and have one last Diet Coke and <laughs> bourbon. Talk about the night. Talk about Cody really won again. You know, <laughs> r- run through all that. So it's, we're closing in on 4 a.m. Muscle Matt is done. So I'm like, all right go upstairs, get my stuff. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, go to bed without showering person unless I'm like too sick to, to be able to take one. So I'm like, I gotta take a shower. It was very much already discussed amongst the group that this shower was a (laughs) quote unquote death trap due to the slipperiness of the shower. So get in there brush my teeth and stuff, and then shower time. I'd had a few that night, but we're nowhere near like being majorly. I think impaired. your cumulative total for the day would have probably made it hard for a jury not to convict you, though. <laughs> Starting that, with the Long Island iced teas at the Seminole Hard Rock and ending with the uh, the last of the bourbon about 3 o'clock in the morning. But I felt of sound mind. So we get in the shower, and the whole time I'm – thinking in the back of my mind, like the night before felt like this was a little slippery surface here. It just completely unprompted uh, earlier that day. Muscle Matt had mentioned it like that thing is dangerous. <laughs> we might need to send a note to the, to the owner. So as I step in, this is absolute top of mind. It's slippery in here. Be careful. And when I turned the water on, I just turned it like all the way hot. So it's scalding my skin <laughs> as I step in. And I'm like, okay, we need to turn this down. So take a couple steps. I all I re- <laughs> all I remember all I remember is turning the temperature down a little bit and then I think kind of taking a step back and putting weight on my like right back foot and my heel slips out from under me. Like I've never <laughs> experienced before. And all I was able to do, there was nothing to grab. There was nothing to do. All, all I let out was a, was, was a quick, oh, shit. And guys, I've been listening to a lot of Jim Cornette recently, but so excuse my language. I fell completely out of the goddamn shower. And I mean out of it. Like through the plastic curtain through the decorative curtain out onto the floor the shower rod all the hooks everything collapses on top of me i mean it felt like there was 180 hooks connected to this thing it was like it would not stop follow uh, falling on me but i've fallen completely out i'm not in the tub I'm on the floor, covered in a shower curtain, with a rod. Both over. feet touch the ground. <laughs> I think so. The only thing that I did was I slipped, and there was nothing to grab onto. But I did think, like, don't put your arm out 
to catch you because I've broken a wrist that way before. Cause, so I basically, for the NASCAR fans out there, when you see a crash and they pull their arms back from the wheel, you know, so they don't break their hand, wrist, thumb or anything. I basically did that. I just kind of curled into a ball as I fell onto the floor. Glenn tucked his chin and took a good flat back bump. <laughs> and so I fall. Everything has collapsed in there. And my first thought is like, did I break anything? My head is fine, but did I fall on my arm, shoulder, leg, anything like that? And I'm and I'm okay. And I just hear Muscle Matt in the adjacent room just be like, you okay? <laughs> and I just went, yep. And I just got up. <laughs> there I am. That was my favorite part because I was on the same level as Glenn and Muscle Matt. <laughs> and... Cause I hear it and then, but I hear muscle Matt ask her, are you okay? In the speed of which Glenn responds. Yep. Like it was the, like the, the biggest bluff of all time. Like there's no way that's sincere when you answer that quick. So, so now I'm faced with the situation of, I can't just go to bed. Like I've got to still take a shower. We've got to finish the story here. But the bigger beating was now I've got to get the rod up. I've got all I connected was just the plastic curtain. The the decorative part I saved for the next morning before anyone else used it. So I just put up the plastic part. And then I of course you step back in and I'm thinking, what are the odds that I would fall twice? And I didn't, thankfully. But by by the time this all takes place, four thirty I don't know what time it is, finally going to bed. And then Paul Bearer is always the first one to rise. But I don't think any of us slept past 8 o'clock. I feel like we all got about a solid three and a half in, and that was it. Yeah, we had to get up and, and tidy up the Airbnb. The other, other funny part that we didn't cover was the it was a keypad lock to get in the front door, and the batteries ran out. So... That day, I think it was when we came back from something, we couldn't get in the house because of the front door. So we, Muscle Matt and I snuck around to the back, and luckily, uh, fake Paul Bearer's room had like a sliding glass door, so and it was unlocked. So we got in. So that night, we come back at you know three in the morning. We have to do the same thing because the front door is still no batteries. So as we're doing it. Muscle Matt's like, there's like a curtain on the inside of the room. He's like, let's just leave the sliding glass door wide open and just pull the curtain in front. And we're thinking, you know, fake Paul Bear will go down there. He'll get in bed and then he'll realize it. He comes up the next morning. He's like, guys, the the whole door was open all night. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that is the one thing that would have been great. I mean, our decision on Saturday was really, do we want to hang at the house and and more or less watch old wrestling or Pat McAfee and um, just drink all day and then go to the venue, or do we want to go to the casino? And we decided we want to get more of an experience of the city, so we went to the casino. But yeah, having another day there would have been would have been great. I will say, this was the weekend, obviously, that all the big Vince McMahon news broke. You. 
it would be impossible to count the number of fake Vince McMahon <laughs> impersonations of just doing random daily tasks. <laughs> just the way a door looks or just, I don't know, just the way a toaster strudel is cooking. I mean, it was, if there would have been a sixth man there who's just an outsider there to observe, they would have, they would have been miserable. They would have been so beaten down by Dead gum pal. Look at the way that thing goes. Just over and over. That's true. Look at all that frosting. Let's just fill it all the way up. Every side of it, pal. Of course, the fact that news broke that he had taken a dump on somebody's head certainly didn't help from a... It didn't, it didn't hurt. It was not a kid-friendly weekend. No. Not at all, but w- but what a great trip, and and uh, don't know for sure. There's a there's a rumor that they may ruin it for us next year and have it overseas, but we'll uh, we'll be standing by for that news. But yeah, um, you know, great great trip, and I you know I know we're kind of out of time for this episode, but but certainly um, the catalyst for a lot of interesting wrestling uh, programming over the last few weeks, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to discuss more on our next episode is we are all on officially the road to WrestleMania. Yes. And the rock is with us, which is a huge, a huge factor, but that's, yeah, that's, it's for another day, another episode. Yeah. But I will say, I will say, um, you know, kind of closing thoughts is there's still to me. And I say this every year when we do this show, there is nothing funnier then being downtown right before or after the event and seeing the look on the one guy's face who has no idea WWE's in town when he walks into a restaurant and people are wearing lucha, luchador masks and title belts and everybody's doing bits. It's uh, it, it just it brings me life for another year to, to see that happen. The people are as we cross the street in downtown they're rolling down their windows to put out the number one for the bloodline yeah it's a just a whole world unto itself oh it was great thumbs up again for the trip we should definitely do it again next year i don't think we can pull london off i don't think that's gonna happen i don't think we can pull london off but we will uh this will not be the last one it was a great trip and and you know in the meantime i think we all just need to focus on you know, staying out of jail for any rec league uh, sports disagreements uh, so that we're able to take these fun trips and, and continue to travel.